welcome to the Good Guys John and Danny Show. Morning, John. Oh, I've done it. <laughs> Classic. Okay. Never mind. Carry on. Good afternoon, John. Afternoon. <laughs> How are you? Sorry, just made me Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so uh, Alan Partridge, isn't it? You know. But um, anyway, today it's slightly different. Uh, very exciting because I'm going to interview you uh, for about 15 minutes. And the idea behind this is that we thought collectively it might be interesting to people because a lot of people get into counselling um, for various reasons. And, and quite often there's an interesting sort of backstory to why people retrain quite often and become counsellors because it tends yeah, to be definitely. people kind of later on in life if i can put it that way so mm. yeah there aren't that many people who leave school are there and uh, i don't think and or want to be a counsellor uh, i've found personally but, uh, sure there are the odd one but yeah 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 so we bring some life experience with us don't we so mm-hmm. so we're going to crack into it and um yeah i'm quite interested to see where this goes uh, so John Warrington, counsellor, but also many other things, human being. So I don't know where you want to start this. How how did you get into it and what was the the story behind that? Well, um, basically, um, turning point for me, I've been a sales man, sales executive working for a publishing company for, I've been doing it for 10 years. really lucrative um i did enjoy it selling business to business advertising um great atmosphere pressured though you know when i first joined um former kind of atmosphere humor wise to, to being in the navy in which i served for five years and cut a very long story short i was burnt out and i've been burnt out continuously right and um, the turning point was I wrote, and I'm, I'm very open about this, um, I wrote 30 suicide notes uh, right. because I didn't do that job anymore. Working from home, around the time that not many people really work from home, I found that kind of difficult at that, at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, no video conferencing then really um, for the layperson. Struggled with the job, struggled with the pressure upon myself. Wrote through suicide notes. Um, when I started writing them, I did feel low and had done on and off for, for years. And then um, by the time I finished writing them, it had kind of changed. I don't think I was going to do it, but then I, I made my way to um, the cemetery because I'd lost, um, my dad passed away right. in 1994. I was in serving in Northern Ireland, came home on leave and found out he was dying of cancer. Um, so yeah, made my way to the cemetery and then made my way uh, to the hospital because I wanted to get sectioned. And that was my, that was my idea, that was my plan. But really I wanted right. to stop doing a job which I was continuously burnt out at. And then after I'd convinced the staff at the hospital that I didn't want to get sectioned because I soon kind of, you know, thought right. actually no, I don't want to. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, as soon as they're asking questions and, and saying they'd send psychiatric nurses around, etc., he's like, no, no, it's okay. No, I feel much better now. Actually, I just need a perspective. Because the whole idea of anyone coming around to, to 
you know, to treat me. It wasn't for me. I needed right. to change my job, really, but I, I didn't want to stop. But my old boss, who was fantastic, um, he um, had suggested for ages, why don't you do a course so you've got a different change of focus? So he funded for me to retrain as a counsellor. So I contacted, I think, the next day or the day afterwards, contacted um, a lady who ran a counselling course at the local college. And that was it. I didn't even shop around, didn't look at other courses. I liked her approach. And yeah. that and, and yeah, and that was the beginning. So that's a pretty powerful uh, story, isn't it? Coming into counselling in that way. So 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 you just so you made contact with the the, the college court, the college. Yeah. And then you what was it, sort of a straight into a ten week course or, or how did that, that work? Well, I mean, she was fantastic. She, I said, I've got this funding and I could have joined in the course in September as soon as possible. Yeah. But I've not done the access course, the level, is it level three, level two and three? Yeah, um, yeah. So what she did, which is very good of her, um, because I've talked about my background and my, my motivation to be in accounts. Um, and she allowed me to do the access course at the same time <laughs> that I'd started the actual course, the 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 certificate. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I had to do a personal statement and just explain some of the background. And and I, I told a story about when I was working in Manchester in the sales office, one of the sales officers. On the way back, it was a couple who'd been to visit their daughter. She had cancer in in Edinburgh. Right. And when I got back on the trains, what it was a bugbear of mine when business people just my personal thing around business people with pinstripe suits would take up two seats right. at the back of the window and, and yeah, you know, yeah 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 are more compact it seems nowadays aren't they really there are more seats less tables and i'd always make a beeline for the business person um with the smartest suit who was hogging two seats and um and, and say sorry is anybody sitting there so they had to then move their stuff yeah yeah, yeah. get in Anyway, there were seats on the train for this couple. Things had kind of, you know, gone awry with all the seating. So I basically gave my seat to his wife. They were in their 80s and gave and, and found another seat for him. <laughs> Went to the trouble of finding another seat, um, asking some pinstripe suited person to kind of move um, and allow him to sit down. Yeah. Then he just didn't want the seat. So I just stood up for the whole journey talking to him about, you know, his troubles and, and right. that to his own um looking back you know it was it was i'd lost my parents so in effect i was they reminded me of my mum and dad but it was also the humane thing to do to try and help a couple sure. who had on a train so yeah yeah so i wrote about it in my personal you know the, the statement to, to um give some inkling about you know what i was like as a person really so yeah yeah, yeah. that's interesting I mean, there's um Loads that I want to sort of pick up really about, you know, you said about Belfast and, you know, Navy and all those things, but what was it about, what was it specifically about counselling that, that made you, you know, cause you had this career, this advertising career, which you weren't enjoying and, you know, you really, really want to move away from that. But what, what was the thing about counselling as opposed to something else? I think I'd had, well, I'd had counselling um, previously and with um it was a council that that 
and I've spoken, you know, love of a person, but I didn't feel like I could swear in the sessions, couldn't be myself. Um, I couldn't, you know, my descriptive language, either good or bad, is is at times, um, obviously not if I was hosting a meeting, you know, I'd be, I'd be polite. Um, but yeah, my, my language sometimes, I'll use swear words. I didn't feel like I could be myself in the session. And I thought, um, I'd like to retrain and be a counsellor, um, you know, and be the kind of counsellor where but people can be themselves. Um, and also when I was a child, um, my mum was very ill. Yeah. Um, when I was at school, I did think at the time, you know, I, I could do it, talking to somebody really about my mum's illness when I was 13, 14, 15. Right. And there's just no one to talk to. There weren't any counsellors. Um, teachers offered, you know, to help, but they just seemed very busy. And I didn't yeah. feel, Yeah. I knew it wasn't their job, really. So, um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. What led me, right? So. so there's something, yeah, I get that. So you want to sort of offer something different. Uh, you want to be able to help other people. But and I've noticed that, you know, because I know you, we're friends and I, I know you're, um, uh, your personality and, and your posts and things and your business on, on uh, social media, you're very open. Uh, so that seems to be something that you want to offer that's different from what's out there or what you've seen before that's out there in, in counselling terms. I mean, you know, you yeah. talk about people being able to swear and be themselves. That seems really important to you. Yeah, I think I don't want to be the cliched expert and obviously, you know, we're both person to counsellors and, yeah. and, you know, Carl Rogers, who uh, in the 50s, 60s, eschewed the idea of experts, didn't they? And um, I don't want to be that expert. I'm not somebody's expert sat there, you know, nodding away and, and as if I've got it all together. Um, in you know, in fact, all the councillors, a lot of the councillors I've met over the years, um, professionally, you know, within sessions, they kind of adept and, and, and they're good at the job. But, you know, outside, the misconception is that us councils are, are, you know, are the are, are perfect. We're like the uh, Dalai Lamas. Um, yeah. <laughs> more like the Dalai Lama than, than Dalai Lama. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I think that was Tim Vine. Tim Vine joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. Credit to, yeah. yeah. yeah credit to, not an original. I, I've been using this. <laughs> Um, I have when we, you know, we both worked in children's care homes, just digressing yes. slightly. Um, I'd crack jokes, I'd crack Tim Vine jokes just to kind of change the atmosphere. It was a bit of my shtick, really. Um, yeah. And it kind of worked, you know, it, 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 it just changed that. You know, humor's important, isn't it? Um, obviously not in the middle of a session when somebody's, you know, disclosing that they've been... Yeah, well, you know, in context. Yeah. Context, yeah. Sure. So... Yeah, and I just thought counselling, helping people um, without someone who got a messiah complex, um, it is a vocation, and I do feel I finally found what I want to do, really. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and when I spent time in Northern Ireland with the Navy, which I'll be honest, I found it exciting. You know, I was climbing up right ladder ferries up a rope ladder from a rigid inflatable boat. Um, at speed on the back end, chasing the ferries out of, of Warren Point, coming alongside. I've replaced somebody who'd unfortunately fallen off the ladder, fractured his skull. Um, get to the top of the, the cargo deck, 
sometimes hoist the bombing search dog up. We've been hanging there, all paws hanging. Wow. But, you know, I found it exciting. But also talking to the people there, I could see both points of view. You know, would I want, if I was a nationalist in North Ireland, yeah. what me, a member of the armed forces with a Royal Marine at the back of me, as I could, you know, making sure I wasn't yeah, yeah. In while I asked questions. Would I want me asking me questions? No, I wouldn't, no. Um, and, and even when people were, were getting upset, you know, you'd have lorry drivers who mm. have to kind of knock on the, on, the, on the door, ask them where they were travelling to and from. It was the end of the troubles. Sometimes they'd be screaming in my face. Um, yeah. And yeah, inside, I was, <laughs> I was scared, you know. Um, sure, yeah. But didn't react. And sometimes the person behind me would be, right, well, we need to arrest him. No, we don't know. We need to keep calm, don't we? We need to take the heat out of the situation, so. Yeah. So, yeah, perspective. So that kind of empathy thing was there then, wasn't it? Because, you know, empathy's yeah. a big part of what we do, isn't it, and being person-centred. But, you know, going back to, you know, your role in the Navy, you, you're approaching that with empathy as well and seeing what it, you know, imagining what it's like from the other person's perspective with you as a, you know, authority figure, you know, yeah. boarding their vessel and their, their boat. And it's interesting that it was there back then as well, that, that sort of fundamental part yeah yeah i think so i think um and now obviously you know in what we do um it's it's ingrained isn't it and we we i mean it's kind of done it's it's natural and it was kind of natural then um you know and that's from my, my parents really i think um i was very fortunate you know both um loving caring people um and um yeah, I think I'm, my mum uh, was ill for many years. Um, she'd endured postnatal depression. Um, she was adopted, actually. So um, I think that informed, you know, how she was. And uh, yeah. very kind, very gentle, would do anything for anybody. Um, my dad um, worked on the railway, brought up in crew. Everybody worked on the railway. And even me when I left the Navy, briefly. Um, my mum worked for the railway. My, my granddad's worked on the railway. It's like kind of why. Um, yeah, but my mum um, endured poor mental health, and uh, I think I'm passionate about improving. You know, people' yeah. mental health. I'm not getting into politics because everybody has their own personal view, but it just seems a humane thing to do, doesn't it? Let's look after people so they can go on to you know we, we we help help people you know not just talk about it but it's about helping your fellow human being isn't it really so mm. yeah yeah nice no, i mean there's, there's a lot there isn't there i mean it's um yeah growing up and th those experiences we sort of carry those forward with us don't we into into yeah. roles but it really sounds like and you know as, as i know you it's, it really does seem like you've found your vocation and you're doing what you like to do and helping people and empowering people and using the skills that you've got. Yeah. yeah. Well, where, do, where do you sit going now? I'm just, just sort of changing tack slightly, but um, keeping one eye on the time a little bit as well. And where, where do you see, where do you see it going? What do you sort of see the challenges of uh, what the challenges are for counselling now? And where would you like to see things develop and what do you hope to develop yourself going forward? I think for me, 
I like simplicity and the um, I'm a Liverpool supporter. Uh, I don't go like I used to, but you know, I, I, Bill Shankly, the Liverpool manager, whose quote was, uh, "Football is made more important." But sorry, it's made more important. It's made more difficult by people who should know better. Words of that effect, anyway. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was always using that quote when I wrote assignments. Um, love studying in the respect of I, I didn't go to university, wanted to, was kind of you know discouraged to, told you know we couldn't afford to support you, John, by my parents. There was a grant that would have been free, um, but was lucky enough to retrain. As I say, supported by my ex boss, which is old boss, which is fantastic. I mean, um, yeah. it's made more complicated, I think. Even I attended attended it was a zoom kind of thing last week um about online counseling and about the differences in online counseling and you know face to face yes yeah yeah obviously there are differences aren't there you know there's a big bloody screen in the way but um and sometimes the wi-fi goes down and i i can't see you beyond you know below the neckline (laughs) just as well you know (laughs) Yeah, we have got shorts on. Making our shorts, no. Um, <laughs> but too much is made. Too much is made of of, and it's about simplicity for me. And in essence, counselling. It's about the connection between two human beings. You know, myself, and and my client, who is a privilege to sit with, and um, and I think this is. Obviously, the lockdown has been, you know, a terrible thing. You know, thousands of people, yeah. you know, hundreds of thousands have passed away, we know, worldwide, and, and all been affected by it. But in the same way that there was a change um, after the Second World War, you know, we had the, the, the land, um, people returning from the First World War didn't return to a land fit for heroes. It didn't happen. They'd not forgotten 20 years later. They wanted something different. The NHS was was created, um, yeah. and yeah, I'm passionate about that. Um, but um, I think counselling now—it's the same kind of thing. It's an opportunity now. There's been this cataclysmic change, an opportunity, you know, for counselling to be brought into the 21st century. Really, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, we're now into the second decade. It's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Because you know the big hurrah about to start the new decade um, hasn't really started, has it? Because we're going to Brexit to, to this. Um, but I do think there's going to be a zeitgeist. I do think there's going to be, um, it's got to be more help for people to help them with the mental health, more help for children. Yeah. There's adverse childhood experiences, you know, we, we know about that. And there's big focus on ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. And we both talked about how, yeah, it's fine to talk about them, but what's been rolled out, it's fine to identify that the people have suffered from when they were children, but what's been done, what will we done to help them? Um, yeah. I'm sat in the soapbox, not stood out. That's oh, you're right. It's good, to, it's good to hear. You know, it's good to hear. So um, I think it's improving people's mental health. I think um, just talking. So for me, in the, it shouldn't just be, it's great that celebrities are talking about their, their problems in the past. Um, 
but I think it's also up to the layperson as well if they want to, and I'm happy to yeah, talk yeah. about my background and my struggles. And, yeah, you're very open. You are, yeah. Um, that does go against the grain um, mm. in the respect of, you know, traditionally councillors, they said absolutely nothing about themselves. But that's their prerogative, isn't it? And that's not the way that I'm going to operate. So, um, yeah. And I'm enjoying being my own boss. We've been self-employed. You know, we both work for organisations. Yeah. And both, um, well, you know, personally, um, it's good to be doing something that I believe in, in every aspect. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't believe in. I'm not doing it. Um, yeah. And that's that's liberating, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it's good to see you talk. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I think I think we share that, don't we? And uh, yeah, definitely. yeah. But it seems really important to you that that sense of kind of uh, uh, again, it's a counselling term, isn't it? But authenticity and congruence, and yeah. just being who you are and being okay with that, and um, and living that and doing it. Yeah, I think it it is. I'm, I'm loving it, and um, I'm very fortunate that I was able to retrain. You know, went to some very dark places, which yeah. <clears throat> um, spoke a lot about, you know, in, in um, different posts, etc. suicide ideation, you know, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. It's like the big taboo, isn't it? People don't want to talk about it almost. If I talk about it, does it mean I'm going to do it? Um, and I, I felt frightened when I had these suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. but I was burnt out. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like an epiphany. I came across, it was a, an interview on the radio by a lady called Dina Gluberman, and she spoke about burnout. She'd written a book called The Joy Burnout. And it was like, I've been burnt out. I've not been clinically depressed. I've been burnt right. out. All right. And it still took yeah. me time to kind of change direction because while I was retraining, I was still working, selling advertising. And I was wedded to the money. I, I thought that it was all right. about money. I reprogrammed myself. So it was all about I earn loads of money. If I earn loads of money and buy lots of stuff, um, I'll be happy. But but I wasn't happy inside. I was was more hollow inside. And what counselling does, I feel more complete. So I'm very fortunate. And you and I both want to help other people, don't we? And in that that process, or cope with whatever they're enduring. So so yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting to see you talk about that. I appreciate you being so open. I know you are anyway, but um, you know, you've really shared a lot there. And but uh the the burnout thing is, is sort of was was a revelation, wasn't it? You know, actually, yeah. this is what it is. I'm burnt out. I've had enough of this stuff, yeah. this job and what I'm going through and this pressure. Um that seemed like a sort of quite a big turning point, really, you know, that that kind of massive. Yeah, massive and and obviously over the years. You know, retrained, um, was made redundant. Um, made redundant and found out I was getting separated all within seven days. Wow. Uh, bit of a shock. And, um, <laughs> nice, nice understatement there, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then relocated from, uh, from crew to Hesham because the ships used to travel from Warren Point to Hesham from Northern Ireland to Hesham. And the joke was that one night we'll prolong our time on the, on the, on the vessel right. and just a night away from being on patrol and we'll end up in Hesham. So I never got to Hesham. So 
when I needed to kind of move, I thought I'm going to go for Hingsham because um, it's a bit of a store, isn't it? Um, yeah, and I love it. I love Morecambe Bay. I love the Morecambe Bay area. It's yeah, awesome. yeah. It sort of, sort of ties it off, doesn't it? You know, ended up in Heesham talking about it when you've been on the on, on the ships and things, and then ended up there. You know, so yeah, yeah. I think I think um, if it's all right, we better wrap it up, mate. It's been really really interesting. But how's that? I'm just interested. Like, how is it being interviewed? You know, I mean, for me, it's great listening to you. I know I know you pretty well anyway, but I, I feel I know you even better now. For me, it was great. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, you're very good at interviewing. And uh, as you know, I can talk to Britain once given the chance. Um, um, but yeah, I, I, I just, um, we've all got, both got a journey, haven't we? And it'd be interesting when, when I interview, when you talk <laughs> yeah. about your background um, in music and, and what yeah, led you. Yeah, yeah, we'll come on to that. Just, uh, just one last thing, John. And um, how just, if, in summary, if you could kind of... Uh, offer i mean we don't really go in for advice and all that kind of thing but if you could sort of convey one message across to people who are who are good enough to listen and watch um who maybe i don't know um i don't know how to follow it up but what, what sort of message would you like to just sort of end on to people who might be watching or listening i think um you know you might be listening you might be um when you're listening, you might be feeling down. Um, you might be having those kind of thoughts. You might be having suicidal thoughts like I was. Um, you might be struggling with life. You might be kind of, um, you know, wondering, you know, what to do, really. Is there any way out? And there is, honestly. It's kind of asking for help. I wouldn't ask for help. Um, and what I need to do is talk to somebody. So, you know, don't endure alone. Talk to somebody about how you're feeling. More people are open now about how they're feeling. Um, because how life is for you at this present moment in time, there is hope. And if you haven't got any hope, then, then speak to people who've got that hope for you. I've got a massive storage unit of hope. Um, and, uh, you know... I'll, I'll, I'll help you find hope and give you a different perspective. Not just me and you, but all the counsellors. Um, and it's about changing the misconception of counselling, really. You know, and the people who contemplate counselling kind of pick up the phone and stop. Go yeah. to make the call and stop. Yeah. You know, I'd hope that, that if this just persuades one person to actually make a call to a counsellor today, fantastic and get that home so yeah but in fact it's a really really powerful and important message i really appreciate that and uh yeah it's been great john thank you for that and, and good to catch up with you yeah absolutely. and um Have a good rest of the day cheers yeah yeah and thanks again for being so open and thanks everyone for watching uh we'll be interested to sort of know your comments on uh youtube and spotify hopefully itunes soon and um uh, yeah, thanks very much. Cheers again, John. No, absolutely. I'll wrap it up. I'll press the button. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in to the good guys, John and Danny. See you next time.